When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Pick up your phone while driving, and you might need to be picked up from work. Break the speed limit, and you could be breaking plans with your mates. Leave L or N plates off your car, and you could be left getting taxis for the next six months. So ask yourself... Is it really worth it? Seven penalty points over three years will disqualify learner and novice drivers for six months. Steer clear of points and stay on the road. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast. I am Lee Calvert and joining me over there is... Josh Gardner. Yeah, now, we were meant to have Mike Bubbins with us tonight. We were. And he's dearly missed, but I did say, are you having problems with Skype when I was trying to get in touch with him? And he said, no, I just don't have any electricity in my house at the moment. I mean, it's a, good, it's a good excuse. It's a good excuse. I reckon he's sat yeah. in front of the Spain game himself. But, uh, the, uh, the... I, having just gotten off the sofa from watching that, <laughs> I, I, I doubt Should he is. Should we just do that? Because... Should we just go bring, bring the telly <laughs> in and talk through that for the well, entire we, episode? We could, but honestly, this is much more interesting than that fucking Spain-Iran <laughs> game was. It is terrible. <laughs> of course, by the time we finished on this tonight and this podcast is out, Spain will have won like 8-6 or something. So... Yeah, yeah, so you're welcome. I hope you get yourself sorted out soon, Mike, and we will miss you, Indeed. so we'll carry on. Uh, you can get in touch with this podcast at Blood and Mud, that's me. And how do people mm-hmm. get in touch with you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner or at Rugby Shirtwatch. We're also on, we're on Acast, we're on Apple Podcasts, and also we've got the Patreon page. Oh, yes. Which sees people signing up all the time. Um, I'd like to give a big shout-out to Patrick Banks, Michael O'Leonard, and Matt Merritt, all of which have decided to pay... The extra little bit to be part of the Allied Brew Lounge VIP area. Oh, see. Where you get, like, nuts and nibbles and things like that when you come in there. So We have some after-dinner speakers sometimes, mainly Sean Holly, if I'm honest. (laughs) Um, But we do break his guitar before he's allowed to go in. Absolutely. we just And it's a Brunswick guitar. It's no great loss. He can replace it fairly cheaply. That's why he has to to buy a new one every time he comes to us. (laughs) But he will not learn. We've had to search him for those, like, you know, those tiny little guitars from Back to the Future at the start where he's, like, 
doing the thing. He also <laughs> tries to hide those down his trousers sometimes. So you know. Sorry it's... to go off on one for a minute, but guitar-wise, <laughs> yes. right? I only discovered. I only learned today. We're not yes. doing what I learned yet, but I just learned today that Gibson <laughs> went bust last month. Well, right. We won't go into it, but yeah, okay. Let's that. But... Yeah, Gibson sort of went bust. They they've got the the administrators in and things are going to change quite rapidly which in my professional opinion has been a long time coming and might actually be a good thing so yeah so there you go a bit of guitar intrigue and insider information there from a man who's in the yeah. know ladies and gentlemen that's not me by the way just to clarify that's john yeah, uh, yeah so we've got the patreon page i hope you all enjoyed the latest installment of rugby history available exclusively for you while we talked about wales with the prof last week Indeed, that was great fun. I enjoyed that. We've a lot had a, things. I've posted a um, for patrons only the chance to vote for which country we're going to talk about next, and the Ooh. winner has Please been be France. Vanuatu. Ah, so France will be next up when we do the next one. So you can I was sign really up for that. Hoping at, for Vanuatu, but you know, you can sign up for patreoncom mud and it won't cost you that much to give us a bit of support, and you'll get exclusive content, not just for the history podcasts. I've got another rugby life interview coming up next week, and we've got special over the summer episodes yes. which are going Who to be knows? we think retrospective world cup reviews yes imagine us talking about things that have happened in the past as if we were there yes which sometimes we were i fancy 1999 is the first one. Oh, what a world cup that was though well they well they oh. see already so that will see. be what we did over winter over winter over summer feels well, like winter you can do it over winter as well if you want you know right then before we get into the play spotted let's give you a listener spotted josh Oh, I was hello. on a conference last week, as you may have seen on my Twitter, <laughs> and uh, I met a listener, would you believe? Good God. So, hello, Dovrig, and it was great to see you. Hmm. They exist. They do. They're out in the wild. They could be anywhere. They are the trees. But then let's go on to player spotted to start with, shall we, as we always yes. do. Boris the Clam Chowder gets in touch via the DMs. Big fan already. He says, I'm not sure the etiquette for player spotted submissions. I hope this is mundane enough. Well, let's find out, Boris. <laughs> he says, this was a few weeks ago. He says, and by the way, I think this is an absolute fucking blinder. So, so get yourself. <laughs> oh, steady on. I'm strapping says, in now. That, yeah, because it's mundane, but yeah, brilliant. He says, the day after the recent Wales-South Africa match in Washington, D.C. Oh, I mean, already I'm on yeah, board. <laughs> it was raining fairly heavily. Yeah, it was. And I was walking down the street near DuPont Circle. A gentleman walked up next to me as I was waiting to cross the street. He was wearing a black Welsh rugby waterproof with his hood up, white Welsh rugby shorts and trainers. As rugby kit is fairly uncommon, particularly the Welsh variety in this part of the world, I was about to ask if he went to watch the match the day before. I then realised his kit was too nice and new for him to be a regular supporter. Before yeah. I realised who it was, I had a four-year-old and a one-year-old screaming in each ear. Yeah, I know how that feels, Boris. He said, the road cleared, and it Hadley Parks crossed the street in front of me. Oh, my God. Jesus yeah. Christ himself. Brackets, he has some magnificent calves. Close bracket. I, yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise know. me. So. I didn't know that, but somehow I did know that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Deep, deep down, that doesn't yeah. shock me in the slightest. We walked yeah. after him, but he was quick, and went into the Embassy Row Hotel, where I assumed the team was staying. If it wasn't for the aforementioned children, I might have followed him, but instead we kept going. Yet another example of how small children ruin everything. <laughs> I'll bear that in mind. But, but yeah, uh, that's a cracker, isn't it? Yeah. Boris and just shows Hadley Park's deceptively quick. Deceptively you quick. Know? Big yeah. big calves. Even in the big wet, calves. deceptively quick. Yeah. Good grip, even in the wet. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's uh, the place. I just, like, I just like thinking about Hadley Parks. You know, it's just I've, got, I've come over. Imagine a bit going about your business there. in the rain, and then all of a sudden he appeared next yeah. year. Just imagine. Yeah, and he'd instantly just calm everything down. It's like he was. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised those kids didn't just shut up instantly as soon <laughs> yeah. as they saw him. You might be a bit toey crossing the road because you're in a rush. You just come in. Yeah, and exude a bit of calm. Sort, every, sort everything out. Hold the traffic. Do everything. Up, right. Coordinate do, everything. Do all the simple things. Before That'd we be sit sad. down to talk about proper news, that was player spotted. Please send us your player spotted either by the DMs. <laughs> Boris's point, I'm not sure about the etiquette. There is no etiquette. Just send one. No. Either to the if DMs you... or to Lee at bloodandmud.com. Yeah. Or sometimes you, you listen... sneak through to Josh and he ignores them. Don't don't send them to Josh. That's true. That's super true. Um, how, how have you listened to this podcast ever and thought there was any kind of etiquette about anything <laughs> that we do? <laughs> Indeed. We're but the, there is an etiquette for what we do because before we talk, we have to wow. decide who we're going to sit wow. next to down wow. the clubhouse. That's a very fair point. Um, would you like to hear yours first this week, Lee? Why not? Okay. They better be good, though. Well, God, you I feel like <laughs> some I feel like I expect to, All right, then. Let me yeah, recalibrate. I feel like that. I need Hadley Parks alongside me now <laughs> just to steady me out. Even me out a little bit. God. Okay, so your first person that you can sit next to this week is mm-hmm. Gareth Cruikshanks. Right. Now, Solid name. Like it already. Yeah. He's been working with uh, Chipping Camden Wanderers under-16s for years now, and he's generally liked by the parents because he insists that results don't matter mm-hmm. and that he's shaping boys into men. Yeah. Um, all very good, all very positive. What they don't realise, however, is that his definition worried about where shape- this is going, but go on, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost intentional. Um, yeah, they don't realise that his definition of shaping young minds uh, is actually indoctrinating them into his apocalyptic survival cult. Mm. Um, he sacks off training most evenings to conduct long-form PowerPoint presentations about how the Bilderberg Group are helping lizard people control the world <laughs> and how you shouldn't drink fluoridated tap water. Um, he can easily be picked out of the clubhouse, however, because of his penchant for wearing an Ike Was Right t-shirt and watching <laughs> Infowars videos on his phones. So, uh, yeah, that's Gareth Krushanks. You know, part, you know, part of me, I quite like that, in that I'm pretty sure that those presentations are probably more interesting than Steve Borthwick's performance analysis. So they've Almost got that going yes. for him. And, and, I, mean, and I do like, you know, a conspiracy guy is always interesting. Bat shit, it is, but interesting. Yeah. I tell you, at a wedding, a conspiracy nut is a good person to get sat next to. Especially in that uh, lull between the afternoon food and exactly. the disco starting. You know, you need you something know, to bridge that two hours, don't you? Lunatic raving about the New World Order. <laughs> <laughs> it can be great it's fun. in full um, tails and cravat perfect yeah. hello my friend Kyle if you're listening who, who always fills that void for me um, <laughs> yeah who's the second he, so he sounds alright Gareth yeah Gareth go on Bushings, yeah. Uh, and the second one is Randy Ron Johnson mm. um, now when he's not turning out at inside centre for Woodville Bastards RFC uh, <laughs> Randy Ron likes to style himself as a semi-professional documentary filmmaker uh, however as the club secretary's daughter found out to her oh. horror after a mix-up with what was supposed to be her wedding video, uh, the main expression of his videography passion is to go to local beauty spots and film doggers going was, at you it. You know what? The, as soon as you said documentary about I thought this is going to be about dogging, and I was right. <laughs> he is also, as a result of probably archiving his, his uh, audiovisual passions, he's the only person to have bought a recordable DVD-R in the greater Cardiff area in the last seven years. <laughs> A recordable DVD. Can you still get those? Are they in I kind of bric-a-brac shops now? I imagine that you could have once bought them in Matlins, but that's not a case anymore. I'll be honest, so. it's not a good choice this week. But it is a good choice because they're quite despicable, the pair of them. Yeah. 
I think I can't do I couldn't I couldn't do the dog in chat, I don't think. I'd have to go with Gareth, I think, because it would be at least yeah. my choice. So I'd well. go with Gareth Crookshanks, I think, today. I'll sit down Good. next to him. Your choices are number one, Serial Cyril. <laughs> He's the, yes. he's a long-serving kit man. Cereal. Yeah, he's a long-serving kit man for old flange fettlers RFC in Yorkshire Division 4. So-called cereal silo, yeah. not because he loves breakfast, nor right. because he has a particular penchant for binge-watching TV series, cereal okay. kit, yeah? yeah, but because he looks exactly like a serial killer. Oh, good, good. He wears a kind of 80s-style parka, yeah. and he has sort of a bowler that's too greasy and glasses. He also, and he's like a tufty beard is the best oh, way I can God. describe it. He also yeah. talks like a serial killer. He constantly talks about how his work is not yet complete, that, all, that everyone will know his name when his project is completed, and occasionally says, apropos of nothing, I am not an insect. Oh, good. I mean... His brother's called Die Dynamite, but that's another story completely. I, can I sit next to him? He sounds way more interesting. <laughs> well, that's another story. That's for another week. So that's Serial Cyril. <laughs> yep. The second one is Ralph Wingnut. Okay, on board. Re- retired former fullback for Radfield Humbuckers RFC. <laughs> He's got absolutely massive ears, which renders him looking like a Wingnut, hence Ralph oh, Wingnut. Course, yeah. He's also known as Ralph One Punch. Because apparently right. that's how long his boxing career lasted when he tried it out when he was younger. <laughs> Ralph's a very parochial man. He okay. doesn't like to leave where he's from. He once had to fly to Canada to sign a probate-related document because of a family <laughs> death of a different distant relative. He uh-huh. never left the airport, got the next flight back, and was back in the clubhouse that night due to the time difference. I mean, I respect that level of absolute lunacy, to be honest with you. And then... There's something about Cyril Cyril's, Cyril's co- sort of muttering to himself. That he I might be building an extension, it. Cyril, where he talks about his project. <laughs> you don't know. Be. You know what I mean? But... I mean, it better be a fucking good extension if he's spending this long on it, though. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go with with uh, with Mr. Wingnut, yeah. if that's all the same for you. Another thing about Ralph I forgot to mention is that he talks a lot and he ends every point he makes. You know he's finished with his point because he goes... <laughs> So he might go, and that's why I'll be voting Conservative in the next election. Yeah, serial, serial. Fuck it. <laughs> that's, I didn't think that would be such a clincher, but fair dues to yeah, you. No. So there you go. Have a seat next to serial, serial. Yeah. And just Let's remember, he, just remember he's not an insect, okay? Okay, good. Should good. we talk some news? Uh, yeah, we probably should, shouldn't we? First news. Yes. Mike Brown thinks he deserves respect. <sighs> Just how was this interview allowed to happen? Well, he got he got in trouble, didn't he? Because he's had a row with some fans, hasn't he? After the game, him and yeah. Joe Marlon. I don't know what the story, but he's got a bit. And I, you know, you yeah. know what? Fair dues. Yes, all players are human, and if somebody might say to you, "Oh, you're shit, mate," as you're walking off, and you just mm-hmm. lost, and you're not happy, I can understand mm. they end up having a row. I have no problem with that. Yeah, it's the fact that he then got up the next morning and was still fuming, and had to basically yeah. go and set the record straight, didn't he? Yeah, and kind of did it in one of the most car crashy, partridgean kind of rugby interviews I've seen in quite some time. Because it was just like, Mike, stop talking. Like, you know, I don't, everyone knows I don't rate Mike Brown as a player. I think he's a bit of a bell end. But like, he didn't need to prove me quite so spectacularly right. Yeah, and to be like, honest, yeah, he's had a decent enough career. 
That's and fine. Like, yeah. But, but when you saying, come out you know, and say, I deserve respect, you know, you just don't do it, do you? Well, he didn't say I deserve respect. It'd be nice to get some more respect, which is a, a you know, yes. pricks, way, pricks way of saying I deserve it's the same more respect. Thing. Yeah, yeah it, it blatantly is. But like, like the point you made, listing all of his, listing many achievements, lifting achievements, saying, and then I don't, says, I don't, really, I don't I need, need to say what I've achieved in my career. You've literally it's just so listed things so in silly. your career. You've literally just listed that you've got 70-odd caps and you're England's most cap fullback. That's, well, that's your career achievements, Mike. It's not all of them, but it is oh, just... It made, to be honest with you, yeah, that made me think about, you know, these things that Mike Brown would also like. You know, you'd like some respect. What else would he like? I wonder. What else does he um, deserve? Yeah. Yeah. What else does he? I mean, a Nando's black card, maybe. Yes. Um, a gold pig. Pri- a gold pig. Priority boarding on on EasyJet flights, maybe. Uh, everyone's um, last Rolo. Yeah, a puppy. Exemption from Brexit. Yeah, the Nobel Peace Prize. To be rec- to be referred to as his cue ball majesty at all times. <laughs> um, a big red India rubber ball. <laughs> Songwriting credits on Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Uh, he, I imagine he'd like a new drug, one that won't make him sick, one that won't make him crash his car or make him feel three feet thick. That's a you would do this in the news reference there, everybody. Um, uh, Tiger Woods' lost endorsement deals. He probably deserves them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a full collection of James Bond Blu-rays with the, contra- the correct contiguous matching sleeves so that they all look like right on his shelf. Would never say never be, again be part of it. Is that classed as canon an, or non-canon? It's not, it's not an official Bond film, but it is owned by Eon now, so, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's sort of in the... It's, it's, it's a grey area, is what, what else is Matt? Half of Lincolnshire. I think he would like yeah. to... You know, he deserves that. A statue in Parliament Square. To be carried to Twickenham on a fucking sedan chair. Yes. Um, to get that record deal so that he can uh, finally be acknowledged as the uh, the M&M of NW1 <laughs> or whatever the fuck Twickenham's postcode is. It's, it's, it's not NW's north of the river, Josh. Come on. Okay. It has to be SW something. SW, it's SW1, I think, or SW6. So there you go. So there you go. Things that Mike <laughs> yeah. Brown should have as well but as respect. Like, yes. Yeah. Speaking uh, of respect, yes, uh, Ross Moriarty, <laughs> he, of, he of the WWE style chokehold. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it could be classed in one of the things that I learned. But Jesus Christ, the Moriarty family legacy is in absolutely <laughs> good hands, a, isn't it? It was such a cock thing to do, wasn't it? Though, it really? was so I loved it. <laughs> it was just like if you don't need like. Obviously, red card. Yes. Not the sort of thing we want to see in the game. And he's had a four-week ban now. Fair enough. Rightfully four-week yeah. bans. But if you didn't enjoy responding to Sanchez's shitty little cheap shot by just going, right, I'm going to put you in a fucking sleeper. <laughs> I'm going to lift you off the floor I am, by your neck. I am, not, I am not letting go no matter who <laughs> tells me or even if the medic see, punches me in the face. What I like about it is what it looks like. I'm not sure he was actually choking him, but it looks like he was leaning into his ear the whole time saying something really I, terrifying. I, he was he was saying some shit. That was probably more terrifying for oh, Sanchez. I, I think he was I think I reckon Sanchez about, probably went, please choke me so I don't have to listen to how yes. terrifying what you're when, saying to me is. When do I pass out so I stop having to hear this? I bet he went up in the night story. sweating, hearing that whispering <laughs> in his ear. Well, given that Moriarty decided to describe everybody <laughs> before his hearing, by the way, people who had been giving him jip about that uh, because the internet. Um, 
he described them as maggots on his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> glorious waves. Oh, Ross. I mean, seriously. Oh. <laughs> I could not love him more. I just could not love him more. It's how, I like how totally unguarded and unplanned he is with this. Yeah. I mean, lots of he other people are quite not, savvy with me social media. He just goes, uh-huh. you fucking maggots. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just how, it's how he plays. It's how he, you know, remember when he had that massive fucking Barney with Gloucester on social media after they sort of yes. were really <laughs> shitty with him? And, you know, the man does not give a flying fuck. And that's just, oh, it's, it's refreshing in this day and age. Because he, he will take his consequences for all of the stupid shit. It is shit slightly he worrying that if somebody basically does a bit of a cheap shot on him in minute seven of a game, he might basically get himself sent off. I mean, he might have to but work on that a bit. But... That's the thing. I don't think he would have done that at minute seven. You think he, he was basically more calculated. Thought, I don't think he lost it. He just thought, fuck it. I'm having, I imagine. Because there was probably a couple of moments throughout the game, and then it was just like, right, it's 82 fucking minutes. The next time the whistle goes, we're done. The game's won. You've just had a fucking pop at me twice in 10 seconds so i'm just gonna choke you out until somebody makes me stop <laughs> <laughs> and then i still won't when they try and make me stop yeah that yeah. was the bad that was the worst thing about it was like, can you stop the, choking him please the, yeah the, the touch judge basically shouting at him and him just looking at the ref and just being like nah you're all well, right I can imagine he's because probably because bedroom. he was going and then i'm gonna fucking come round your house and i'm gonna fucking <laughs> fuck you hang on a minute ref i'm gonna fuck you up i'm gonna fuck up your pets <laughs> right i'm done now i'll let go of him <laughs> It was the medic, like, punching him in the face to try and get him to let him go as well, in a very half-assed way, admittedly. But it was just, oh, come on. It was like one of seeing an action film when you hit the big sort of... It was 100% that. The big heaven, he just kind of laughs. (laughs) Yeah, and it makes that sort of hammer-hitting oil drum kind of sound. (laughs) I mean, we shouldn't be laughing, but we should. Come on. No, it should be. Fuck it. Nobody's hurt. Nobody got really hurt, did they? I think he was actually under control when he was doing it. He was just... He was. That's the thing. Apparently, the reason that he it seems like from the judgment that the main reason that he only got four weeks was that Sanchez was kind of quite honest and was like, "No, I wasn't really being choked." Well, apparently, he he apologized straight away. He hasn't got much of a disciplinary record, and and there was an aggravating fact that said he didn't let go when he was told. Yeah, that added a week on, and he knocked a couple of weeks off. But apparently, the, uh, the reason that they turned it mid level was Sanchez was just like, "Yeah, he wasn't hurting me." But it just looked bad. Really yeah, bad. it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good. No, but but yeah, I don't. Also, it was a bit hysterical the reaction to it. Do you know what oh I mean? my god, the reaction! What would they rather he did? That he punch, he king punched him straight in the face. That would have been yeah, far more like, damaging. Well, we could have killed him. Could he? I've watched a lot of WWF in my life, and I've never seen anyone die from a chokehold. You know, I've actually in UFC it's... where they are nearly killing each other. <laughs> it doesn't happen. I, I yeah. don't think happens either. Yeah. So. No, it's like you pass out and you go limp and they let you go. That's the worst that could have happened. <laughs> it would have been funny if the ref came over and lifted Sanchez's arm up and let it go, though, wouldn't it? Like a WWE ref. Yeah, that would have been ideal, if I'm honest. Or is, was Sanchez yes. reaching his leg out for the rope so he'd have to let go? <laughs> what is he should have done the Ultimate Warrior and just basically flipped over and got him in a, a crossface <laughs> or something. And... Just bounced over his head. The ultimate warrior. That, uh, anyway, yeah, so that's the news. He's been banned for four weeks. That's quite right. I'm not saying yes. there's nothing wrong with it. It was something wrong with it. He shouldn't have, but you know. And he's going to miss a grand total of one game for the Dragons, <laughs> which given that he was on Wales Tour this summer means he wouldn't have fucking played in it anyway. So all's well that ends well. <laughs> for you, yes. Well, Right then. And there's been a Heineken Cup draw. Yes. 
Yes, and a Challenge Cup draw. Yeah. I tell you what, the fucking Challenge Cup isn't easy this year. There's no... Yeah, and looking at the Heineken Cup, is there a pool of death there? No, well... Leinster like, was oh, to lose looks fairly strong, I suppose. People are like, oh, that's the pool of death. I was like, but it's not the pool of death because Leinster are definitely fucking winning that pool. And Bath are going to get marmalised every week. Yeah. And, and so Even with the clue of brew, where it belongs so in the probably top level competition. Be. And so probably will to lose as well because they're nowhere near it yet. But like, there are teams in in the Challenge Cup this year that are like you look at those some of those Challenge Cup groups and they look like Heineken Cup groups, like <coughs> Pool One in the Challenge Cup, hmm. Northampton Saints, Claremont Overton Dragons, and Trimasora Saracens or whatever. Claremont are gonna fucking, fucking Claremont. walk that this year. <coughs> well, unless they really can't be asked. Mm. And I'm really hoping, that. because the Ospreys are in a pool with fucking Stade Francais, Worcester and Pau. But it's going to be easier so. for Claremont to get into the Heineken Cup through that yes. week, probably, than, than, than battling away in the league every week. Mm. Yeah, it's a fair point. But, like, yeah, like, both both competitions, like, the Scarlets have got a tough pool. But the thing about the Heineken Cup is, genuinely, like... I know he's going to win every single one of those pools. Yeah, I think people it's, try and build this kind of excitement. And I'm not saying there won't be some decent games in there. It'll be entertaining no. to watch. But there's this, the, I, unless I, some, I, there's a real spanner in the works, I can't really see I it. could pick the, whatever it is, the eight quarter finalists now, and I bet I'd get seven of them right. Right. Money where your mouth is, what do you reckon? Okay. So, Leinster. Yeah. Uh, Exeter. Yeah. Saracens. Yeah. Racing 92. Yeah. Montpellier as yeah. your group winners. And then runner-up. Toulon. Uh, oh, go on, go for pool one. Toulon. Toulon, Munster. And looking at the pool, I reckon Glasgow might, or Lyon might sneak in there hmm. because I think... Or actually, yeah, Toulon is one. And uh, see, maybe the Scarlets. But that's the that, for me, that's the only one. Because pool one, they're all not shit teams. They're going to take points off each other. Nobody's going to be good enough to be best runner-up. Same with pool two, I'll wager. And arguably same with pool four as well. So it's going to come from pool three, I'd say. So whoever does the second best in that one, I'm guessing probably Glasgow, but maybe Leon, depending on how much they go fuck about it. Can I just say congratulations and magnificently done that you've managed to do that entire chat about those pools without mentioning the team name that we do not mention for for fear of triggering 90s Britpop. That's because I don't think they're going to get anywhere. And also, <laughs> I just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm never saying that name again. <laughs> that name is dead to me. The Voldemort be, of rugby podcast. be calling the Sea Olympique in the way that... Uh, <laughs> You're not allowed to have beer commercials in France or whatever. Right, uh, yeah. Shall we move on to... It seems like a long time ago now, the weekend, doesn't it? Does, well, let's just see does. what we may have... Oh, actually, a bit of news before the... What oh, yeah, sorry, just go, on, go on. There. George Smith has signed for Bristol. George, 177-year-old George Smith has signed for yes. Bristol. Yeah. And uh, it's just only a six-month deal, apparently, because they've got a few injuries at uh, Flanker. But it's not a bad... like. For all the, oh, he's old, he's over the hill. He'll do all right said, in the Premiership at a team like Bristol. Yeah. 
Well, let me tell he'll you. do all right in the premiership where nobody bothers to compete in the breakdown. Oh, he's gonna be be making, like, he'll be making hay, won't he? Um, nobody going to... Okay, I'll just <laughs> yeah. go in. Is nobody else doing this? Okay. <laughs> yeah, good. Can you imagine but, the yeah. Optus stats? <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody was like, oh, George Smith's over the hill when he signed for Wasps a couple of years he'll ago. He'll be over the ball, never mind over the hill. Eh? Yeah. A patoompa. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, I think he's going to be very good for Bristol. <laughs> like, probably depressingly good, given the... Absolutely abysmal. Yeah, and in general, it'd be, good, it'd be nice to see him every week. I yeah. like watching George Smith. I love even even George. if he's an over the hill George Smith, I've got no problem yes. with that whatsoever. Which I love watching really interesting open side play and really intelligent open side play. So do so I. I wish I could see it being an England fan. It'd be yeah, it's something I, I dream do. of at night, yeah. but then wake up with Ross Moriarty's voice in my ear. <laughs> Pick up your phone while driving. And you might need to be picked up from work. Break the speed limit, and you could be breaking plans with your mates. Leave L or N plates off your car, and you could be left getting taxis for the next six months. So ask yourself, is it really worth it? Seven penalty points over three years will disqualify learner and novice drivers for six months. Steer clear of points, and stay on the road. A message from the Road Safety Authority. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Um, which brings me to what we've learned this week, actually. It does. Because one, the first thing that I've learned this week is that David Pocock is smarter than referees. He okay. knows more about rugby and the rules than referees do. There was a moment that got quite shared quite widely on Twitter in the early stages of the uh, Ireland-Australia game on the weekend, where Pocock appeared to have forgotten himself and was doing the classic, now illegal, foxing out Yes. basically getting Conor Murray's channel and everyone was like ha, 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 you've been out for a year and you forgot this isn't in the game anymore <laughs> <laughs> well um, Murray Kinsella excellent rugby journo he is excellent, and, yeah. and all of that guy um, realised as he was analysing the game that Pocock knew exactly what he was doing because um, the new ruck laws still say that a tackle has to have been made for a ruck to form yes. and because the the inverted commas ruck in question had come from Ireland receiving a kick that hadn't been touched and Devin Toner just went straight to ground and the Ireland support players... No tackle. And they, all the Aussie players stood off him and Pocock was screaming at the ref, no ruck, no ruck. Um, not Pocock, Hooper rather. Yeah. And so Pocock was perfectly entitled because there was no offside line to stand there and he fucking knew it. Um, but the ref didn't. <laughs> and penalised him for it like, because you can see Pocock uh, a couple of minutes like for about 10 minutes later basically constantly in the ear of the ref and the touch judges basically obviously trying to explain that no actually you got it wrong um, I was perfectly entitled to that and you fucked me a little bit there um, but I just love that shit I love like, one of my favourite like, people complain about <laughs> Oh, rugby's laws are too if you, complicated. If you, if, you could, if you could love him anymore, he's now an on-field nose. Well, yeah. 
it's, it's, it's right like, up your street, isn't it? It's going to get any better. But I know I just love, like, people say, oh, rugby's too complicated. There's too many laws. Nobody understands it. But that's why it's fucking great. Because yes. really intelligent players and coaches who really understand the rules can look at the rules of the games and go, I can, I can exploit that. That's why it was so great when we went, not for you, admittedly, but watching that Italy-England game was one of the great pleasures of my life because it was just like they're fucking just outsmarting them with just really good knowledge. I had to watch of the that brainless the shit with some knobhead in a rab gilet fucking braying nonsense the whole time. I mean, that didn't help, admittedly. Was but like, like, this yeah. is why I don't come down south, he said <laughs> chippily. Um, anyway, yeah, what, so while we're on the island game, yes. what did I learn? There was some classic Joe Schmidt stuff that is still there. There really was. Corabetti went off for his Simbi. Mm. Probably two minutes later, Andrew Conway scored down that exact channel. Yeah. Because they worked it there. And then there were 13 points scored by Ireland while he was off. Yeah, That's how you it, do a fucking sim binning. And also, like, that first game last week, uh, Equality's Israel Folau had an absolute field day <laughs> under the high ball. Yes. And this week, <laughs> he was barely a factor because they basically just absolutely mullered him every time they just stood in front of him all the time to ruin his running lanes and throw off his timing to the point where apparently Michael Check has complained to World Rugby and the referees that Ireland are doing all of this blocking on the he kick He does love a complain like, doesn't he Michael he is a little bit of a whinger but it was a masterful job it was like Joe Smith going right that didn't go well so every time we kick the ball now, you're going to find out where Israel Folau is and you're going to stand in front of him as much as is humanly possible, every single one of you. And they did. And he was completely not a factor. And as a result, it was, to be honest, quite a straightforward game for Ireland in the end. Yeah, the score looks like it was closer than it was, wasn't it? They were yeah, of, it, it was really a penalty was. try, which was a strange one. It was, a, it was a weird one, yeah. It was it was a fairly straightforward thing. However, what I did learn this weekend is that Ireland have started cheering knock-ons now as well. Oh, and no. I don't mean the one that okay. finished the game. There was one earlier in the game where somebody knocked on. They were all pumping and whooping and hollering. It's all oh, got yeah. a bit NFL for me. Yeah, you know, you like in NFL that. when somebody just does a job they're supposed to do and everyone fucking goes bananas like they've just... Done an Ocean's Eleven fucking contract on somebody or something. It's weird, that isn't it? It's I like you've like just it. done the job you're there to do. You tackled somebody. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah, they fucked up. Not you didn't do yeah. anything to cause that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. From that point, of but yeah, uh, Conor Murray was fucking excellent again. He's just consistently um, very good, isn't he? Is he ever is he yeah. ever below a sort of eight out of ten these days when you see him play Conor Murray in, in any game? Well, no, that's the thing, isn't it? And. I mean, Australia. On the flip side of it, Australia sons Genia do not look good. Oh God, Nick, be... Nick Phipps. Hey, somebody who wants Ross Moriarty setting loose on his face is Nick Phipps, isn't it? For no other reason, he looks like that. Which I reckon could no, very, very it's well. Gonna, it's, well especially when it doesn't go well. Are you playing Australia again this autumn? You must. Be. Oh yeah. Are you losing to? Australia? Are you losing by the heart to Australia again? So Ross might lose it again. And I really hope so. It'd be bloody hilarious. Not that we're sanctioning violence, but sh- I mean, no. But let's be honest, but we wouldn't it, want to see Nick Phipps get Nick Phipps get punched. Let, let's be honest. Yeah, it's it, it's just good. It's a good time. Everyone's having a good time. Yeah, don't knock it. You know, nobody gets seriously hurt, <laughs> and we get to see some punchy punchy. 
What else did I learn this weekend? Right, do, you want, do we want to talk about this, this, this Benjamin Fall red card? No, oh, fucking hell. Well, I mean, I was going to save it for shit. Strap yourself like, in. Honestly. Strap yourself in for what will be a tortured and torturous analogy from me. Can't wait. Love it. Do, do you remember the poll tax, Josh? <laughs> very, very, very vague. I think you yes. knew about two when it was like gotten rid of. I was Well, you know what the yeah. story with the poll tax was, right? People yeah, weren't yeah. happy. Riots on the street. Government decided to change against it. Why, do you know why the poll tax failed? Why? Because taxes, there has to be a realistic expectation of paying them. And there has to be a <laughs> yes. sense of felt fairness about what you're paying. Yeah. And it failed on both of those levels. Mm-hmm. So for me, there are a lot of situations when these jumping in the air is coming on, they're a lot like the poll tax. There's an element of, I can't really do anything about this, and I don't see how it's fair, so why am I being punished for not doing it or doing it? Yeah. You know, the poll tax, you were put well, in prison, and people are like, but well, I can't pay this, and it's yeah. not fair that you're charging four people in my house this when somebody else isn't, and it just, it was unpayable. And there's something about yeah. this, I told you it was torture, didn't I? There's something about this, and I'm not saying the entire law. I'm just saying there has to be a realistic expectation and that the player can do something. And if you and, and you have to look at each situation on its merits. Yeah, it's 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 just one of those things where it's a broken law. It's hugely. Well, what will happen is is that people will. I'm assuming they're nudging towards people not jumping for the ball. And having uncontested balls in the air. It feels a little bit like that, doesn't it? The, un- the unintended mad. consequences of might be, as the dead ball area said on Twitter to me today, is that what you're going to have then is, is people on the ground catching the ball and being lined up for miles away by the chasers. Well, what it would be like is basically like an NFL punt return without the fair catch rule. So somebody's basically standing there waiting to receive the ball and somebody is going to be fucking coming in like a rocket from 30 yards away. Yeah, because they won't be trying to win the ball back. They'll be trying to <laughs> yeah. smash the shit out of you when you yeah, catch it. to knock the ball on. And it's just... Ugh. But I don't know what Falk no. have done in that situation. He was nudged a bit. He had his eyes on the ball. Well, they've actually rescinded the red card, haven't they, since then? They have, yeah. So that's that's the... Which is another nonsense because of it, isn't it? his fucking feet were off the floor and therefore it was a fair contest Justin in the Marshall air. was making a very big point about... Uh, he, uh, yeah, how... He, he was, was on the, the floor. Like, killer. He wasn't on the floor. He wasn't fucking on the floor, Justin. <laughs> he was just starters. nearer to the floor than your block. Yeah. And if you're less good at jumping than someone else, that doesn't mean you should and automatically get the red card. I don't know how you can define it as reckless when somebody's been shoved and are still looking at the ball and have jumped off the floor in a realistic trying to get to it. I don't see how that's. I don't see how you can expect a player to calculate this is going to be reckless. What I'm doing doesn't make any sense. It's too quick. So the, the only the only option is to not try and jump for it. No, we'll see. And that's and that's the problem that they can't seem to fucking get. They can't get this together, can they? Well, I'm, I'm sorry to bring it up again. But it's like the poll tax, Josh. <laughs> and what happened to the poll tax? It had to go. Riots. Riots on the streets. This is what we need. Riots at rugby grounds and finally this will go. <clears throat> Tell you what, we're, you we're, we're a bit bloody lemony tonight, aren't we? We've got no, riots at rugby matches. Ross Moriarty yeah. is a punch nip fix in the face. What yeah, do you want? We've, we've embraced our base urges. Um, yeah, it's, it was just one of those 
horrible moments in a game where you just go, well, this, the only result now is an All Blacks win. But because of the annoying nature of red cards in modern rugby, it doesn't even turn into the other side being a tri-fest because teams are better able to defend against 14 men with 14 men now than they ever have been. And they're really good at it and they practice it a lot. Mm. And so all it does is basically then mean that the attacking tactics of the team that are down to 14 men are effectively kick the fucking leather off it or hold onto the ball for a mind-numbing series of boring, not-going-anywhere phases. And so it... And to be honest with you, France didn't do that. They played very well, I thought. But there's something about playing against 14 that seems to just... Particularly if it's a red, and it's an early red, even the fucking All Blacks, apparently, just get... They get tight. They start trying to force things because they think, oh, well, we've got a red now. We should win this by 30 well, points. Well, Damien McKenzie had a virtual meltdown, didn't he? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Bless him. Yeah. It, it was... Yeah. It was just one of those things, wasn't it? Nothing worked for them. Like, at all. It was the most un all blacksy all-blacks performance I've seen. They played well, when better. When it did work, with... somebody dropped it. <laughs> yeah. It was... the. They played better with 14 against the Lions than they did with against 14 mm. against France, which is, uh, yeah, it's just stupid, isn't it? But this is what these kind of rules are doing to rugby, unfortunately. We're seeing too many games now where that's becoming where one team is getting red-carded relatively early doors for something that a couple of years ago would have been perfectly innocuous. And obviously, we want to protect players, we want to... But it's still a fucking contact sport, and sometimes things are going to happen. And it's this whole refereeing on outcome thing that just fucking ruins it for me. It's like... Yes. The most innocuous thing can lead to a serious bad thing. And equally... Like the most shit house thing imaginable could not cause any injury or any discomfort whatsoever. So we can't look at it in this sort of results based fucking punitive discipline because it's not fair. It's just not fair. Yeah. So it was rescinded then. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what, so I learned that. that the the jumping in the air thing is like the poll tax. That's basically what I was yeah. saying there. Yeah. That's what I'm that right twenty seven minute section was about. Yeah. I'm right there with you. What else um, have you learned? I've learned. Uh, should we talk about? What would you like to talk about? England or Wales next? Well, I was going to talk about Scotland next. Oh, well. Um, I learned. If we're talking Scotland, then I learned that Gregor Townsend just he gambled and lost. You I know, know what I learned? I freak results can happen to anybody. Yeah, you know, look at you know the famous Japan South Africa game. It happens, mm-hmm. especially when you're basically playing. A fetus at ten. Yeah, you've got and, a bunch other people. Of, you've got a bunch of children on the field with Stuart Hogg, and you know these things can happen. Particularly, you know, Scottish people aren't designed to play rugby in Houston in the summer for God's 77% sake. Seventy-seven percent humidity. Yeah, but you see Stuart Hogg when he came off that game. I thought he was going to literally melt. Shout out to Graham Golvin, by the way, who sent the most beautiful rant in on the Patreon message page about this <laughs> and was dreading what your your take on it was going to be. But actually, I think we're up with one mind, no. aren't we? It wasn't... It wasn't like... It's was, not, was, I, I... It seems mad because they lost, but they were camped in the USA half 
towards oh, yeah. the end. It could have gone any other way. Yeah, Adam well, Hastings for... looks promising. He had some lovely sort of missed two passes and some lovely touches as well yeah. as a few, you know, but what do you expect? You've got to go through these things sometimes. And, you know, the USA were going to beat a tier one person eventually. And it was almost certainly going to be in the, you know, this is no more embarrassing for um, for Scotland than when Wales sent their third string out to Japan during the Lions Tour in 2013 and lost. Yeah, you know. that's the thing as well, because some people are interpreting this as same old Scotland and they can't. That's not... That's absolutely you know, nonsense. Yes, Scotland have had a kind of consistency issue. But if they put their... I think Graham made this point in the message. If their first team had gone, they'd have won comfortably. Oh, yeah. And if you can't blood what's going to be the next generation in a game like then, this in the summer, then, then when can you do it and, and yeah. how are you actually supposed to do it? So I don't think it's actually... There's not much doom and gl- I think it's very different because I've just said, well, freak results can happen. So, but that's very different to what's happening to England. But I'm not going to jump onto England now. I'm just saying that yeah. it's very difficult what's happening to England where there are some systematic yeah. problems with the same team repeatedly yeah. there. What there isn't with this, with Scotland, is actually if the first team had got it, it would have been fine. It's a bit yeah. of a freak result. The USA were obviously well up for it, playing a huge thing. Yeah. yeah, they had a lot of injuries. Scotland had a lot of injuries, from the, even from the squad that was out there. You know, they're, they're, they were they're playing Luke Hamilton practice. at seven, who's one isn't really a seven and definitely does not no. look like a seven no, at God, all. No. So basically, no, that, but he's, he's given it a go. It didn't work. He knows now, mm. doesn't he? It's better than it's, it's better that, than finding out against somebody in the autumn. Or well, yeah, and it's like, yeah, if you if there are so few opportunities for blooding young players in international rugby these days, like. It would have been entirely churlish of Townsend to play his basically full strength that he had available squad in all three of these tests. You know, the big, the proper fucking test is next week against Argentina. Yes. That's the one that he should bring the fucking A game for. These two games against Canada and the USA, they're effectively warm-ups come trial matches, come, you know, just get a bit of fucking knock and run out, knock the rust off and see how it goes. And so, yeah, you know, some players put their their heads up, hands up rather, and played well, and some players really fucking didn't. And you know, it it was a a tough match in trying circumstances, but yeah. So I'm not going to be all the fucking end yeah, of the world. You know, but... I'm not going to cock a snoop at them or anything. I think actually these things happen. You've given the youngsters a go. It was a funny old fixture anyway. You just come down from Canada and all that stuff. Then yeah. not a problem. Um, I did like the USA mascot though. Oh, yeah. That big eagle thing. Love that guy. Is he called Jim the Eagle or something? Probably. Sam the Eagle. No, that's a Muppet. That's a Muppet. Um, Reminds me of um, the worst mascot I've ever seen, by the way. (laughs) It wasn't U-Tree Bird that I have seen before. No. That's sort of the under-20s game. The worst one I've ever seen is uh, Lee Rugby. Oh, dear. Lee, Lee, right, my beloved Lee. Yeah. When the whole you have to give everything a name came in, they decided to call Love themselves it. Lee Centurions. Yes. Which is completely stupid because we have no Roman history at all. Really? Oh, that is utterly it terrible. Was just, let's fair. just pick a name. The mm-hmm. American had Lee Colliers or Lee Millworkers or fucking something anyway. And then we had to have a mascot. We didn't have, we decided not to go with a Centurion back in the day. We went with, our ground was called Hilton Park. We play at Lee Sports Village now. Our ground was Hilton Park. We decided to go with a pig called Parky Pig. After Hilton Park, <laughs> Parky Pig, right? <laughs> and he was fucking dreadful. And he used to come yeah. over in a lee kit with a pig's head. 
I mean, and, like, dude, is... and even even our own fans, dis- even our own fans, fucking despised him. Right, he used to come over and do some <laughs> dancing, <laughs> and, so, and literally just hear a voice in the back go, in a really Lancashire accent, obviously, go away, <laughs> and then some of you go, you're the fucking worst, <laughs> fuck off. I see. And I thought remember... this poor bugger, Parky Peg. Yeah, I seem to remember Cardiff City. It might have been around the first Vincent Tan rebrand thing where they had uh what were they called it was called i think they were called instead of like the classic bluebird they replaced um them with what i can only describe as like mirror universe slash funhouse mirror slash nightmare parallel universe incredibles characters that were like weird human cartoons i think the, the man was called bartley blue and the the girl was called Zoe Lou or something like that. <laughs> and honestly, they looked like creatures from your nightmares with domino masks wearing the wrong colored Cardiff City shirts. And it was just one of those things where it was like, what fucking state of affairs has this happened? You know, it's like, where's, like you say, what, it's just a person. It's like a mascot should be a thing. At least it's a fucking pig with a, in a leak kit. Yeah, they were literally just. Though, they were literally it. just people. They were literally just people with domino masks on in Cardiff City kits. I mean, say what you like about that weird <laughs> fucking CCTV camera that the Olympic Games had, or Gunnosaurus for that matter, and that terrifying murderous monster twin that they've got for the Japan World Cup. Oh God, yeah. That, what the <laughs> fuck are they about, by the way? Holy shit! <laughs> the best one, of course, is the uh, the Stanford tree in America that uh, is a a giant tree that basically is designed to look shit and behaves incredibly badly at all times. And <laughs> like Cyril Swan, <laughs> a troublemaker. Yeah. He's like Cyril he's like he's like a frat boy Cyril Swan is is how I'd describe him. Uh, you know, Cyril's got a common touch. He's a common man. But at least and it also uh, links, you know, at least Swan the Swans, you know, it makes them but anyway, sorry, yeah, I digressed any- on I'd forgot. I'd kind of forgotten about Parky Pig, and he just pops into my mind this week. So, um, <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten we were on a rugby podcast for a minute. Yeah. There. So anyway, USA. Um, well, we're talking about rugby, sort of. The uh, <clears throat> coming back to USA, like the mascot, their hooker Joe Taufiti, I think mm, he was called. Outstanding. What a fucking handful that guy is! Ripping Scotland apart like he was a border guard faced with an immigrant family with children. <laughs> How was about that one? <laughs> oh. Topical. Satire. Whoa. All aboard the satire train. Um, well, yeah. Say, Ooh, he's a, yeah, strong lad. He's a handful. Teddy Wells was good. Fucking AJ McGinty, the ghost of AJ McGinty rising. Do you remember when from... AJ McGinty went to sail and I said, sail will be in the playoffs this year with that lad? Yeah. And they finished, and they, they did... fought relegation oh. all oh, season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> remember when he was Connacht and he took him to the fucking title? That was more like the AJ McGinty that. And he actually had a good time. season last season, actually, quite on the... He did, actually. Without and, much fanfare, know, yeah. No, he was very, very good. And in contrast to I only ruined of, his first season. <laughs> yeah. In contrast to the total fucking inexperienced panic that was going on on the opposite side, halfback-wise, mm. he was just like, yeah, <laughs> let's play and the game in the right He kept inviting areas. their rush defence on and just stepping round it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lovely he, yeah, he's a very good player nice player it's, yeah yeah a very he's a lovely player to watch but yeah so I wouldn't get to downhearted Scotland fans it's only a it's a fucking 
it's one for the record books. It does. It has no bearing, I would say, yeah. on Scotland. And it, yeah, and it's, it's nothing. I don't think it's anything indicative of your trajectory at this stage. Mm. I wouldn't worry about it. No. Um, I mean, I'm not going to worry about it, but I wouldn't if, if you. If no, I, I wouldn't worry about it. About it. Um, right. I'm trying to work. I'm not sure what I've learned. But I'm trying to work out. I need to learn. Yes. What's <laughs> this? Sounds like a bit of something more funny than it is. It isn't funny. What's different now to mm-hmm. when England were winning? Do you remember that time, Josh? <laughs> Do you remember that time when England were winning? Yeah, it was shit. I hated it. She <laughs> um... probably blotted it out. But I, I look back on it now like a wonderful, like sort of maybe a Brexit voter looks back at Britain in the 50s. I yeah. look back on England's winning with that sort of misty-eyed yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And we were com- looking at the, this weekend. We yeah. were, com- I think the most disappointing thing was, particularly in the second half, we were completely and utterly bu- bullied physically. Yeah. And we keep conceding tries. And mm. we look completely <laughs> fucking miserable. I think... They're the three big differences that I can see from when yeah. we were winning. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty fucking big ones, really, aren't they? They are. It's almost fundamental to the game of rugby that you need to be physical, score tries. You can be miserable, actually, but it's usually ha- better if you're playing a bit more happily. Yeah, I honestly think that it feels like both his opponents and his squad have worked him out. <laughs> like, tactically, like we said before, so much of his success was basically doing what Stuart Lancaster did but not being Stuart Lancaster. Um, but with a bit more edge, better defence, and with a bit of you know self-belief and motivation than Judge kind of put in there. But that motivational factor, whatever it was, has fucking vacated the building. I mean, I have no like, insiders in the squad or anything to understand what's going on, but as you say, it's not that hard to look at it. They just, I mean, Ben Young's well, interview after the game, Mike Brown having a row with a crowd... Yeah, but this doesn't happen in teams that are happy, players, does it? Yeah, players refusing to like have photos with fans at the team hotel, pushing to um, the front to get a lead for their PlayStation. Apparently, did hell. you read that one? Lads, it's called ring the concierge. <laughs> Don't fucking come on. You're in a nice hotel. They can sort that out for you. Oh, there must be some junior member of the squad you can send. That's what used to happen in the squads I was in. Yeah, it's you go and queue senior. up for that. You go in the fucking yeah. bar. You know, it's, it's a of... senior member of the squad. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, Steve Borthwick apparently applied for and didn't, but didn't get the Ulster head coach job a couple of weeks, a months ago, I should say. So, given that he's already lost one assistant coach, um, he refuses to hire a long-term attack coach, and his forwards coach is looking to get the fuck out of their ASAP. It does somewhat speak to maybe things are not the happiest in mm. camp. Um, but the problem is that instead of like all teams, like Eddie said, you know, after every fucking loss, it seems like, oh, you know, we'll learn from this. This will be a good experience. But the problem is that a lot of England's players... That's all you can say, though, isn't it? Woodward said that every time he lost a Grand oh, Slam yeah. for five years Absolutely. on the trot. We'll, le- we'll learn Absolutely. from it. We'll get better yeah. from this. Yeah. But like... They're, instead of responding with a bit of self-examination, it feels like there's a mix of heads dropping and outright petulance. I mean, they're just—they're not taking a look at themselves. They're lashing out at criticism and they're being really confrontational. I mean, I have it. to assume they're doing that in camp. It's just that, they're, that this is what they're doing publicly, saying that yeah. we don't want to. 
But that's the thing is like it. you instead of just you know going you know well just you know get our fucking heads down boys and do it and take everything on the chin and take our fucking you know we're losing these games they're getting fucking mardy with people asking perfectly reasonable questions in interviews yeah. and it's like jesus lads that's not a good sign and is it remarkable how quickly when you think about it like when they beat you know they didn't really deserve to beat wales in the six nations but when they did it was third title grand slam grand slam decider third title grand slam decider here it comes nobody can stop england now except for ireland it's at twickenham it'll be another grand and then the wheels have just fucking the, it's not just the wheels that have come off the engines off the bodywork's fallen apart the fucking the little furry dice have gone out the window it's I would say that was too harsh a judgment if it wasn't for the second. I think people were running away with this too quickly, but the second half in particular the weekend was absolutely appalling. Yeah, it was a mentality Absolutely appalling. And that's the... I mean, you know, it's back to the wall stuff now and siege mentality and what changes does he make and all that kind of stuff. People talk about bringing Cipriani. If not now, then when? When? Then again, what would the point be for Jones if he's never going to play him anyway? Even if he plays well, will it make a difference? And actually, when it's going well, you know, the first 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of each game, the back lines look fine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the back There's a leadership issue. There's a decision-making issue. Henry Slade is fucking done. That needs to go. You can see why people are (laughs) desperate, desperate to get Manny Tulangi fit. Yeah, because you remember that Stuart Lancaster's entire World Cup plan completely fell apart because Manu got injured. Yeah, and that's when everyone went batshit and got Sam Burgess and all kinds of stuff. Twelve, yeah. And it seems that now we are four years on. No more. Yeah, four years on, and the same problem is still there. That we just we just need this guy. And I suppose Tio was a big loss pre-tour. Yeah. And I think there's too much on there's too much on Farrell's shoulders. He's kicking, he's captaining, he's trying to run a defence, and I think he's just not. He is a leader. He just shouldn't be a captain. I don't think. Thing is, Manny Tuilagi is now 27 years old. Hmm. Like and can't be, in, and it's no fault of his, but can't be relied on no, to be fit. No, but even if he is completely fit for the remainder of his career. A test level, England probably have got, what, four years out of him? He might make one more World Cup cycle if he's lucky. And that's if, and that's completely putting aside his absolutely appalling luck with injuries that he has had for literally the last eight years. And, yeah. like, you can't just keep going, oh, well, Manu. No, you need somebody else, lads. Desperately. Like, if you need... If you can't play the game without a physical 12 with a big fucking lump to get over the game line, then either change your system or find someone who can do it. To be honest, <laughs> you know, the, the, the better decision for me or the bigger change for me, I don't really give a toss about Cipriano, but you know, yes, he's a talented lad. I don't really see what he'll, when George Ford's playing well, I don't he's see better. how he's. Yeah. I don't. I don't see how Cipriani is that much of an advance on George Ford. No, and you that's know, the thing so... people always forget. They always go, "Oh, but Cipriani, but George Ford's a really lovely fucking player. creative, yeah, ten, lovely player." You know? And I, th- for me, I'm quite happy to stick with Ford and Farrell if you can release some pressure on Farrell. I think Lazowski's the big call. 
Mm. I think you've because he does solve that a bit of fucking grunt as well as everything yeah, else he can big, do. He's a big lad, and he's been and... excellent for Saracens all season. And he's quite clearly, you know, of the requisite. I think of the requisite standard. Mm. So that might solve, and I think his grunt out wide might solve that. We keep leaking the shit out of tries out wide all the time. It's not good, is it? And uh, <clears throat> I mean, fuck, we shouldn't sort of take to anything away from South. You know, England have no, been bad. True. You do end up talking about. You, you know, cannot yeah. get enough credit for what Razi Erasmus has done to transform South Africa in literally a game. They had a shit show against Wales where most of the players weren't involved. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, being able to pick these overseas players again has helped a lot. But the way that he's just... It's not just... You look at the way that England are playing and this, how they just... They don't seem to give a fuck about each other anymore. They're still trying, but they're not... They don't seem to like each other much at the minute. No, there really doesn't seem to... But you look at the South African team now. And he just has transformed that culture and the mindset, and they're playing for each other, and they're they're fucking into it, and they look like the Springboks again, and they look like they have actually remembered what it is to be a Springbok again. And I honestly feel like a lot of these England players have forgotten what it is to be a fucking <laughs> England player and to wear that rose and all of that fucking hmm. Stuart Lancaster body. You know, for all of the talk about the utter nonsense that Stuart Lancaster used to foist upon England players in terms of, you know, remembering who they're, where they came from and all of this stuff, which was... There's going to be fun. another fucking review done, isn't there, at some point? Isn't there it is. fucking brilliant being an England fan? Oh. <laughs> anyway, we spent but, enough time on that. But yeah, uh, Well, but, we spent enough time in England. Let's talk about South Africa. It's, and, yeah. Yeah, incredible physical performance again. Vermeulen again, showing why he should never have been outside the fucking... And just, they just look... I mean, part of it, I think, is Andre Pollard being at 10 instead of Elton Yantis. He does. (laughs) He doesn't do certain things, but he also doesn't do certain things. things. (laughs) (laughs) um, If I were a South African back row forward... I would substantially enjoy playing with Pollard a lot more than I, <laughs> because I know that my hard work is not going to get wasted. He will put me in the right areas, and he will not fucking spanner this good ball that I've gained, I've given him by doing something fucking insane. Hmm. And you know, it's you know, Yanchis is a good player to be honest. You know, he's just a oh yeah, inc- yeah, yeah. He's a he's a, he's a South African. You know, he's Cipriani with a worse haircut. You know, he is mercurial in the classic Carlos Spencer fucking kill or cure mould. Yeah. But but Vermeulen and Faf de Klerk have made a spectacular difference shift. to that yeah. team. Yeah. They're, well, you know, they've got a spine now, this team. And I'm not talking about a, a spine in terms of character. I mean, it's just hmm. they've got a physical spine. Well, eight de Klerk, nine, sorry, eight Vermeulen, yeah. nine de Klerk. Pollard's playing well at 10. LaRue's yeah. doing a great job at 15. Dialende's very solid and looks, you know, in the best yeah. form he's been for a while. You know, and, and the, fair play. Both the locks are looking very good as well. And mm. and Atamarira's playing some of the best rugby of his life. It's, you know, they are all of a sudden looking like 
we're a year out from the World Cup and all of a sudden the box is starting to look like the box again in that slightly ominous, oh God, they're going to turn up at the World Cup and just smother everyone again, aren't they? Kind of vibe. They're not there yet. And Billy Vidipol has but... broken his arm again in yeah. the same place. Yeah. To be honest, I think both Saracens and England need to fucking hand their heads in shame for what they've done this year to him. Yeah. Actually, because he's... it's quite clear he's never been given any proper fucking rehab time. Because no. he's so fundamental to both teams, and actually, it's a cre- yeah. it's a it's a compliment in a way. But that's you know he'll always want to play. Yeah, and you know he basically robbed himself of a Lions tour because he didn't want to put his long term career and health hmm. at risk by going on the Lions tour injured, and so he had the summer off, rehabbed was unlucky to be injured again. And ever since then, I don't know whether it's him just being like, I can't miss even more time, or if it's England and Sarri's going, we fucking need you. But I don't know. his his long-term career is, but we, I've is said being a number of, by yeah. this whole shit. We've said a it's, number of times when he's come back, he doesn't look fit to me. No. And it's I know like I'm not su- there every day. I'm not a sports scientist, but you don't have to be fucking no. a genius to look when somebody's It's almost fit. like as soon as he is able to basically hold a ball and run at an acceptable level, he's straight back in. And honestly, yeah. if I was sat both... If England had a slightly more joined-up club country thing, I would do a full fucking David Pocock, Richie McCaw, Dan Carter... And just say, you know what? Don't play until the Six Nations next year. Mm. And then, and don't care how fit you feel, I don't care how, just fucking take it easy. Rehab, work hard in the gym, get your body back to where it needs to be, and then you can start playing again in the Six Nations. Have six months off. Do well, you know, Wales did it with Sam Warburton this year. And a lot of, quite a few Blues fans were perhaps rightly. And Wales fans as well just going, oh, we're playing this guy, they're paying that guy not to play rugby for a year. Yeah, because he's had a <laughs> terrible history with injuries. He's needed to get his entire body fucking basically put back together surgically. And he want, he could be one of Wales' most important players at the World Cup. So let's give him a year off. Let's let him get his body back together. And then next season he can hit the ground running and hopefully be in great form and great physical shape for the World Cup. There's no guarantee of that, of course, but... Instead of, you know, they should have basically done that from minute one last year. But nobody has a power to do it, do they? That's the issue. No, but Saracens should have, Saracens should have gone. Billy Vinipola is our most, arguably our most fucking important long-term investment. He's what, 27 now, Billy Vinipola? He's 25, sorry. He's 25 years old. That's fucking age, is it really? Exactly. So here's an idea. Do we shut Billy Vinipola down for a year? And say, Billy, get yourself right, mate, and come back for us. Have a brilliant preseason. Hit, a, you know, get yourself in the best shape of your career, and then go into that World Cup year with Saracens and England and fucking smash it, knowing full well that they've got another six years of his career that they could get out of him, of him being an absolutely fucking top level player. Even more, maybe even seven years, eight years. Who knows? But instead, they've just gone now. Let's flog him. And yeah, and this is the result. And it's and now they're in a World Cup year, and he can't get fit. And even if they were to shut him down now, 
Well, he's got he a broken needs... arm. So. Yeah. Well, he, but he, even if they would just go, don't play for yeah. ages, it's, oh, it's it's just so fucking frustrating. Because yeah, but we they're basically they're not taking care of him, and he's the England's most important player. It's maddening to see, and he's a lovely fucking lad as well as we both know. And he, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna stop. And the longer he's injured, the more he might be out too late, as we also know <clears> from <throat> when we chat. <laughs> you know, being out, yeah. you know, not out yeah. of a training environment is not yeah. a good idea for him. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Um, Billy, don't do that kind of rehab this so time. What else did okay? we learn the weekend? What? Tell what I did learn. With that tash, Yako mm. Piper looks like a cartoon waiter from the Pink Panther cartoons. <laughs> it was arguably the most, uh, until Ross Moriarty went full fucking, <laughs> you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan or whatever, He it was the most notable thing about that game. was Because was, it's so weird. It's so weird watching Wales be that clinical and professional and composed it's totally it's disconcerting i'm not sure if i like it like i was <laughs> wonder how many wales genu- fans have you said to him a few years ago what is it you want mostly out of wales you know what i just want some com- competence and some composure yeah that's yeah. the dream and it's, it's here clinical. Now. yeah <laughs> and it's here and it's weird as fuck and like genuinely i think i the reason that i loved that ross moriarty red card as much as i did because it was just a little sliver of it's all right the mad old days haven't totally gone <laughs> We're still capable of doing something utterly fucking stupid at any moment. But yeah, it's like this tour has been an unsettling success. I don't understand. Yeah, and even people who weren't looking very settled, like Owen Watkin in that game against Africa, who looked a fucking shambles. Yeah. He's just played perfectly totally well. Fucking Stepped right. into the Lord Hadley's uh, Hadley yeah, Centre Park, as Tom Dare calls it. Hadley yeah. getting, breaking his finger, and I was like, oh, well, fucking hell, that's the end of that then. Nope. Owen Watkin came in and played incredibly well. You know why? Because obviously not, he's not, had two weeks with Hadley. He'd only been with yeah, him for a day or two yeah. when that South Africa game was on. And now he's been stood close to him for a while. Yeah. But it's like well, the depth in general that Wales have developed on this tour, you know, like Argentina were bobbins, admittedly, in both games. But like Dylan Lewis, Adam Beard, Hallam Amos, Ali Davis, Josh Adams, Owen Watkin, it's like these are players who are genuinely now put in pressure on the players who were left at home. And that is weird. Which is good, because a lot of them aren't that young either, are they? No. No, there is going to have to be a changing of the guard, isn't there? Yeah, you know, after this next World Cup, most of Wales' first choice 15 are going to be off one way or another. You know, Mm. there's probably not going to be any more Alwyn Jones. Sam Warburton's probably going to knock it on the head. Justin Tipperick won't be too far behind. Lee Halfpenny. You know, Hadley Parks isn't, isn't... Long for this, you know, mm, mm. test level, let's be honest. Um, John Davis is old. Gethin Jenkins is old. It's, it's, it's all... Although yeah, age does, will... not, does not weary <laughs> Gethin. No, no, he is an, an immortal man. <laughs> but fucking hell, I was struck by, God, Warren Gatlin knows what he's doing, though. Because I was hearing Hasn't he, hasn't he become the longest, the number of games... Managed, yeah, but largest number, of, greatest number of, number of games managed in an international yeah. of an international. And he's also league. got he's also got the best winning record of any Wales coach in the modern era. We shouldn't as well. speak too soon, though, should we? Because oh, I remember when we started this pod two years ago, and I remember writing before then about how you know he need, his legacy will be dictated how how he can move the game on. Yeah, his Wales's game and his approach. 
Now, it looks like in the last six months, through the six stations and into now, that it has started to happen. Massively but I suppose so, yeah. I suppose it'll be up to the next World Cup will be the big test, won't it? And include, yeah. Up to and including. But the thing is, like, it was fascinating to hear him talk after the game about how, like, the reason that I could have said he, he fucking knows what he's doing. Like, he was basically saying that the whole tour, like, this tour was basically the culmination of a process of building depth um, that started all the way back on that New Zealand tour in 2016. And particularly, remember that game against Waikato, the midweek one where Wales got and absolutely, they got hammered. Ba- yeah. absolutely battered. The Wales A team. If you have a look problem the... and you, if you can find them, don't bother calling the Wales A team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But look at the players who were involved in that game. Rob yeah, Evans, that's true, actually. Thomas Francis, yeah, Gareth yeah. Davis. Reese Priestland, Ross Moriarty, Gareth Anscombe, Hallam Amos. They were all on that tour to New Zealand and quite a few of them played in that fucking game. And Wales under Gatland haven't always taken a direct route to improvement over the last four years, I think we could safely say. But he was basically and he was basically saying in after that game as well how kind of he views the Autumn Internationals as basically World Cup preseason. And He's got the whole thing. He's had the whole thing planned out all along. And also, and transitional periods aren't easy. I mean, look at Ireland. No. It's probably taken Ireland yeah. a good two and a half years. Mm. So certainly, at and least are, two years. Wales are a bit behind, and I don't, you know, I don't know whether any good will come of it. But he's got a plan. A lot of the times, people are like, "Oh, he's just doing the same old thing and picking the same old players." I don't think that's true. I think he's always had. You a can plan. disagree with the plan, but he's got one. Yeah, yeah. and. You know, he's look. He's basically from the last World Cup where Wales's chances were torpedoed by the fact that we had a really good first fifteen, and we had absolute dog shit beyond that. And when we had some key injuries to some key players, the wheels absolutely came off. And we, you know, okay, we made it to the quarterfinals, we made it out of that group, but we did that more through just sheer bloody fucking mindedness than anything else. And so for the next four years, you went, right, that's never fucking happening again. And now Wales have two or three players in pretty much every position that I wouldn't be fucking devastated if they were starting. And that's now, as opposed to the point where at the last World Cup, they were calling up players that the average Welsh person had never even fucking heard of. It's now... They're in and you've so lost Reese Webb, of course, remember? Yeah. In the midst of all that. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've lost Wish Webb and, you know, Ali Davis played really fucking well on Saturday, to be honest. I like Ali Davis. I think he's a pretty, I like him a lot. Nice I'm delighted he's coming to I don't think he's going to light the and, world up, but a nice player. No. And, yeah, he's a good, solid, mm. not going to make a mistake scrum off. And, it's, you know, from a Wales fan's point of view, you can't... It's just... It's weird to look like we're this together. And I'm sure that something catastrophic will happen between now and the World Cup to put us all back in our place of comedy shit but you know we'll see he had to throw it in at the end ladies and gentlemen there didn't he he had to hey hey hey. right then shall we draw line under that and move on to the shit good to finish I haven't asked for you lovely listeners shit goods nominations this weekend this being on a Wednesday has thrown me completely so we're just going to go with what a couple of things we've got let's go with shit first I've got the Aussie number 8 Caleb Timu he He did a deliberate knock on and also gave Mm. a penalty away for a late tackle he was all over the shop. He was. Also all over the shop was Damian McKenzie, Oof. as we briefly said. Not a 10. 
Sorry, no. mate, but just or certainly not a ten you can rely on in an all black jersey. Put it that yeah. way. And, and yet, Steve Hansen's response to that is, "All right, I'll pick him again then," which is just gloriously Steve Hansen, isn't it? Just well, like, I suppose well, when you're you at that, that level, a... you have to believe what you're doing yeah. is right, don't you? you go, oh, you don't think this was the right decision? Okay, I'll do it again then, and I'll pr- probably prove <laughs> you wrong. A lot of you. He'll probably he'll probably score a trick on the weekend. Um, other shits from me, make of Unipola. He's yeah. so excellent usually. It's weird to One see him. One of the best forwards in the world. And had a shocker. Yeah. And was and doing was stupid pet- shit. Petulant and ineffective and ill. It was such a bad look for him. Really bad. He's had a kid this week, though, I noticed. Congratulations to him. Yeah. Congratulations. Maybe that fight threw him off. Yeah. Too stressed yeah. about a baby. Yeah. So well. another example of kids ruining everything. Yeah. Uh, what else? Have you got any more shit? Because I haven't. Uh, I had yeah, Damien McKenzie and you've already had him. Yeah. So. Toje needs a fucking holiday, doesn't he? <laughs> That's, that is the thing about England. They do need a fucking holiday. They need to go home. Just like seriously, just send Maruatoje to a nice beach somewhere. He's just more and more with each game. His, his, his discipline has just totally gone. Like he's just completely lost any sense of composure, and the clapping and shouting is just getting worse and worse. And he just needs a month or two off to recharge himself, and I think just step away from the game of rugby for a bit. Because it doesn't, he doesn't look like he's enjoying it, and the game of rugby is not enjoying him either. So, just yeah. Any more shit? Uh, ben Youngs, like he's a good lad and a, not a bad guy, but fucking, I don't care how much it hurts. You're a professional. Yeah. Just answer a question. It was very unedifying. I preferred. I loved Mike Brown's interview. Actually, <laughs> I know you laugh at it, but I loved it that he went out there and was just incredibly raw, but well, tried to answer the questions peak. and went, "No, I'm not really interested." You know, no. What do you want it's me to peak, say? It's peak Mike Brown, isn't it? But at least you he know, gave he an interview. He, do you know what I mean? At least he is Young's what was, he is. Yeah. Young's just yeah. shittily trotted out a soundbite and legged it. At least Mike yeah. Brown didn't do yeah. that. You know, hugely unedifying. Um, equally shit, actually. Uh, Bernard Foley minus Will Genia. It's not pretty, is it? Like, no, it's not. The trouble is with like, Australia oh, is that it has, they have to like together. patch him up again because there's nobody else. Well, that's the that's the thing. Will um, Genny is out going to be out until August now, so it's the will it's the Phipps and Foley show <laughs> in the rugby championship. The All Blacks. It's like the fucking hail and pace of rugby. Yeah, a program yeah. you do not want to watch. Yeah, hail and no once pace. again. I'm bang up to date with my references. Oh, so hitting them at the what would be a shit double act now <laughs> on the telly? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Mitchell and Webb, they were quite, they're, even they're quite a few years old now, aren't they? I didn't like and they're quite funny. So Things. What have um, we got that's yeah, good? Think, uh, good. Uh, George Turner, in, in adversity, the Edinburgh hooker has now mm. scored four tries in three caps. Um, see, do you remember also- when they could never see a Fordless future? Yeah, well... And now I mean, you've you got know, a few knocking round. Yeah. Ross Ford has also scored four tries for Scotland. In but he, it took him 100-odd <laughs> caps of undeserved caps to win. So, yeah, four tries in three caps. Try That's, scored four, line-outs thrown yeah. not straight, 957,000. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, good for him, I thought. And uh, and good to see Scotland increasing their hooker depth, as as, as alluded to. Making ensuring our fu- uh, Ford free future for Scottish rugby and me. So good on you. That's what I got good. I mean, obviously, it's a standard thing with me, but Morgan yeah. Parra, oh, well, after Benjamin, love, after yes, Benjamin after Benjamin Ford went off, 
just became full-on turbo insouciant shithouse. <laughs> he was being a total shit. Bit where he was juggling the ball oh, with his that feet was brilliant. And, the, and the ref told him off for well, because, making the all black. Because Liam Squire make... said, didn't he? He said, he yeah. said, oh, it's just that we don't know whether he's tapping or not. And it was like, what? Because he's making you think before you run in and take his head off, basically. Yeah. It's kind of... Oh, what a shame. He's He's been vaguely cerebral in a game. The poor just, lamb. But I mean, he was just... And he was really he was getting amongst super, it. He was like smashing was into rocks and douching. everything. And, and it was just... I wish- Everything want you want a French scrub to be all the time, if that's what he's going to be like. <laughs> yes. He is mega fun. Um, yeah, it's Baptiste Saran's birthday today, by the way. Oh, happy birthday, Baptiste Saran! He's our Lord and our Lord Saviour today. Is I feel actually, a bit unclean knowing he's that young. <laughs> is our Lord and Saviour Baptiste Saran, or is our Lord and Saviour Matteo Minazzi? I can't decide. Well, I, I mean, I, we might have to go. I don't know. I mean, we need another. I mean, one it's not a bad religion. It's not a bad religion when you choose it between them two, is it? I Let's mean, be it's, honest. It's, but... my, it's my holy, my holy trinity is obviously Minotzi, Baptiste Saran, and David Pocock. So and Ross Moriarty. You know. Oh fuck Your it! Holy quadruplicity. Quadrilogy. Ah, yeah. oh, fuck those. Yeah. Yeah, it's like two angelic, fleet-footed, you know, artisans and two fucking horrible shit houses. That kind of that's a nicely balanced. What have you got? It's good. Whatever that is, uh, Josh Adams, hell of a try. Yeah, and he's quietly and been finally showing. Like yeah. he's been quietly all right when he's played. He's, you know, aside from having a bit of a fucking howler against England in the Six Nations defensively, like finally showing a bit of that improvisational attacking threat that we see so much from Worcester, uh, and it from him at Worcester a test level uh, was really good, and it was rewarded with his first test try, which. I was worried for him because mm. he played like four games and he hadn't scored. And I was like, oh God, is he going to be one of those wingers that plays for Wales and never fucking scores? Despite scoring for f- the Tom James thing. <laughs> was where, Tom where James part two, yeah. He scores for absolute fun at club level and then cannot fucking do it at test level. So hopefully that is uh, a good a good moment for him. Um, you see, speaking, Ross, this poor bugger yeah. can't even spell try. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, it's we always say it, but fucking hell, tag furlong. Oh, he yes. is the. I just I. I think it's tag furlong for our Irish tied listeners. Furlong, sorry, yes, my uh, pronunciation is ropey at the best of times. Um, he's yeah. just the most important player that Ireland have right now. Somebody tweeted me last week. Like, I forgot to save it, saying he's like a combination of strength, power, and buttery mash. <laughs> well, that's brilliant yeah but like he's genuinely revolutionising the tight head position like yes. his work rate is a, that break and then the fucking attempt at a 30 yard fucking <laughs> the end pass was just how, like I think it's that, G, it's that GAA background it's the Shane Byrne thing isn't it it's that comfortable yeah, it on the bit. ball and you know but also like the way that like it was funny when Rob Carney was interviewed after the game and like he was just like that clear out that he did on Pocock which was <laughs> just fucking obscene and Rob Carney was like that's the best clear out I've ever seen and 
<laughs> and it wasn't so, even a hot take. It probably it was, genuinely it was. was. Like, yeah, no, genuinely, I've been thinking about that since it happened. <laughs> That's why I only got six out of ten in the player ratings. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Alex Corbusiero, I noticed, who's a man who, let's face it, knows a few things about decent tight ends and facing them, says that Furlong's the best tight end in the world and he could be, he's got all the tools to be the greatest tight end to ever play the game, which is big old talk. Yeah, got a little bit of hyperbole, haven't you, of a weekend? It doesn't feel like big talk, does it? No, he's very, very good. He's so good. Isn't he only like 24 as well, or something ridiculous like that? He's he's probably even younger than that. I'm going to find out now. He looks like a 40-year-old 1930s mafia enforcer. Yeah, just because he looks like he's on the south side of Chicago in 1932. (laughs) Uh, He is 25, yeah. So he's not even hit his prop prime that they all say is about 28 or 29. So just imagine. Amazing. Christ. What have I got to go? Johnny May. One of the few bright yeah. lights of this tour. It's, yeah, well, no, Johnny May not in midfield, as we've established. And he's been comfortably the, <laughs> the England player who looks the most like he's not shitting himself at any yes. time. It's really weird. Um, any more good from you? Yes, uh, my final good actually is uh, Louis Carbonell, the France under twenties fly off, who was not only very good and kicked all his goals as they beat England in the uh, Junior World Cup final on Sunday. I really enjoyed when he was taking <laughs> the conversion for the try that France had basically wrapped the game up. Um, he basically dummied to start his conversion run, and then all the charge England charged down and started running, and he pointed, laughed, <laughs> winked. And then chipped the conversion over and ran off laughing. I love that kind of cocky. Like, yes. honestly, if I was an England fan or if he was doing that to Wales, I would want to throttle him. But as a neutral, I absolutely. You know what? I don't. I find that because at least there's some invention it's about charming. it. It's that better than charming. that kind of pointing at people as you're going into score and all that shit. Yeah, you know, is that, also, you know, that's just like, a bit of a fucking yeah. laugh in it. You yeah. know, and also, and if you can still on... kick your goal after doing that, then fair yeah. fucks yeah. to you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and also like him, like there was a big scrap later on in the game between the English and French forwards, and he was basically geeing up the crowd and like demanding that they <laughs> cheer louder after in the midst of the scrap. You've I got to love, love that, that, haven't you? And, 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 and to be honest, I can't wait to see how many of that world champion under twenty team, the top fourteen, fucking ruins. Oh, that's the thing. It's like they've won one now. Like they need to stop poaching foreigners and setting up academies in the Pacific Islands and all this shit. Like they've, you look at some of those players like Jordan Joseph, uh, Demba Bamba, Cameron Wokey, uh, what's Dan Brennan, Natama, Dan Brennan, Natamax, uh, boy, like they could be the backbone of that France team for years to come. They've got to get a chance to play actual rugby and they're not at the moment because there's 17,000 South Africans in front of them. (laughs) And it doesn't Each on really 350,000 euros a year. Yeah, it's almost like that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, Is that that's me done? Are you done? I think I'm done. Yeah, that's I nearly an hour and a half without there. even having Mike here. Christ on a bike. I mean, it's, it's a good job Mike isn't here. You he wouldn't oh, have yeah. got a word in edgeways. <laughs> uh, Thank you all for your time. Next week is the last sort of proper. Pod yeah. of the season, really. So take we'll, our, our summer break that won't be a break if you're a train. We won't be every week, by the way, in the summer. I'm clarifying no, God, that, no. but there will Come be. On, we've got to have a holiday. Yeah, I'm going if, to Spain for two weeks. If Jay needs a holiday, point. then so do I. 
it's, otherwise we'll get injured like Billy Veripola. <laughs> player burnout. You don't want to see podcast player burnout. Thank you, everybody. Um, don't forget the Patreon is there if you want to have a bit more content from us and the stuff over the summer. Indeed. If you want those summer episodes, that's the only place you're going to be able to get them. So uh, thank you very much, Josh. Thank Always you very a pleasure. Much, everybody. Indeed. We will speak to you next week after when hopefully, from my point of view, England can actually salvage something that looks like some decency and dignity before we come home. 3-0, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, see you all soon. ta See ya. Pick up your phone while driving and you might need to be picked up from work. Break the speed limit and you could be breaking plans with your mates. Leave L or N plates off your car and you could be left getting taxis for the next six months. So ask yourself, is it really worth it? Seven penalty points over three years will disqualify learner and novice drivers for six months. Steer clear of points and stay on the road. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.